Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that this December puts two Christmas movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. Because it's this year's Merry Clashmas Christmas Countdown! Ho ho ho. This week in the Red Corner, what do you get if you cross a miserable gun-toting Santa Claus, an evil kid who wants him dead, a toy-collecting hitman, and a contract with the US military to provide parts for fighter jets this not so mel gibson movie from 2020 we're talking fat man while in the blue corner at the other end of the spectrum tis the simplest of premises die hard but with santa claus done sold i'm in because while the tedious debate rages on about if die hard is truly a christmas movie there's no doubt this is from 2022 it's violent night i don't know what i'm doing wrong lost my influence. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. You still have it. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one-time deal, gentlemen. You ain't driving, are you? I steer a little, but the reindeer do my work. <laughs> this is my full fear of the Santa. How about you? I started the whole damn thing. It's Christmas! We decided that you could have one gift. Early. What is it? That is a direct hotline of Santa Claus himself. I can talk to Santa. All right, revelers. Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. Let's go! So, it's a Savage Santa Christmas Clash this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to the second Clash of the Titles. Merry Clashmas, Christmas Countdown. A ho ho ho. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters. You never forget the smell of burning flesh and menthols. Merry Christmas. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. Hey, hey. Hey. Hey, hey. You're right. Just trying that out. I don't mind it. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. Hey, it hey. fits with you, tracks with you. It does, doesn't it? it I can does. get away with it. Yeah. Hey, hey. You can. <laughs> it's not too creepy, like, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, no, then it no, is. it's oh, not. It's fine. Right. just like, hey. Bit like, bit like a modern day Fonz, which I've realised I actually am a lot like. Right. But it, like in a cool way, not in the... Not in a not cool way. The Fonz was always my favourite character in Happy Days. He was everyone's. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, I thought some people like Richie. No. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Well, then it, I'm even more like the Fonz. Uh, right. It's just us two, we Christmas elves this week, as Santa Chris is away, but we'll be bringing you more festive sweetness than the holiday season's four main food groups, candy, candy canes, candy corn and syrup. That was a good Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going early. I got, I got a lot of love, a lot of love for Fat Man. Right. Sort of. Yeah. 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 Mm. I guess. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, right, then, welcome to part one of Fat Man versus Violent Night. If you are new to the show, this is how it works. We'll be doing Fat Man today and Violent Night on Thursday, at which point we'll declare which is the better film. I can't remember the clue from last week's show. What was it? It was yours. Bad Santa. Bad Santa. Very good. Uh, so, there was no follow-up on Twitter, because Santa Chris is away. Your guesses arrived on our Twitter by Slay, where we are at ClashPod. Also on Instagram and TikTok, at ClashPod. So, well done to Mike... And Sam from Smash Mind oh and Bodies, your friend. We're so connected. Yeah. Weird how Sam gets it quite a lot. When it's my clue, You yeah. just said you were quite connected. I wondered if that yeah, meant... Yeah, it meant, like, we message each other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, we don't, but we should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but well done to our winner this week with the first correct guess. See how you feel about this. This is from Tim Wilkins, who says, Chat GPT told me to guess <laughs> Fat Man versus Violent Night. No. Yeah. No. We've been invaded. Oh, wow. It's Brilliant. A- AI has finally seeped <laughs> down the interweb. I've never to this. used chat GPT for my research. And then I think, why not? That's what a- an idiot. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. You can just say, chat GPT, tell me 10 facts about the making of, and it will. <sighs> I know. We're stupid. We're such old people. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the brilliant Simpsons gag where Homer see someone on a respirator unconscious in hospital and he goes what's that and they go it helps him to breathe and he goes here i am using my own <laughs> lungs to breathe <laughs> it's exactly the same scenario yeah uh right then oh uh your prize i almost forgot tim wilkins uh, your prize this week is a runner-up red rosette. Yeah, Vicky took home the best of show. Crazy, huh? Also, I'm selling a car battery. Speak soon. <laughs> uh, let's do this connection section. There's a few. Yeah. I mean, it's some are just blindingly obvious, but some are quite weirdly connected. I think I have both types. Right. Uh, weird how it seems to be that Blitzer is everyone's favourite reindeer to mention first. That's a very interesting. Yeah, it's always Blitzer. Blitzen. Yep. Yeah, Blitzen, yeah. I think. Yep, I'm thinking of uh, CNN news presenter Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> Are you? I'm, I'm a lot like him. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's, so. he's at the start, he appears at the start of Mission Impossible Fallout, right. where he's, he's on the screen, but it's Tom Cruise wearing a, no, it's Simon Pegg wearing a Wolf Blitzer mask. Oh, not that mask gag again. <laughs> it's not a gag. Sorry. It's a very unique and important part... <laughs> in all the films. ...of one of the greatest franchises <laughs> in the history of cinema. Yes. Uh, what have you got? Santa is strong and can't die and hates kids now and knows the bad guy's real name. Mm. But the one that I think you're talking about that is weirdly specific, they both, both of Santas in these films get injured on their torso. Well, that's good. It's weird, isn't it? That is good. Uh, they both hate cartoon images of themselves yeah they find that triggering yes they don't like that uh i was not familiar with this which shows how little i know about santa claus i didn't know if this i don't know if it's an american thing or uh, probably coal coal for kids on the naughty list oh yeah that's that's a quite if that feels like a british thing because it's so like victorian and we, Dickensian, had a, we had a lot of coal and we had a ton of coal oh, before <laughs> the good days no <laughs> these were those were the good days <laughs> Coal everywhere before her. Before her. Yeah. We were talking about her last week, weren't we? Or the week before? It's that time of year. I guess it is. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, this is where it... Silencer guns killing people at gatehouses to estates. Innocent people dying, and it doesn't sit well. Wow, I really... I'm so pleased you mentioned that, because I think, and I think I've worked it out, and I'm going to save it to Thursday. Yeah. In one of these movies... It's really uncomfortable, mm. and the other one totally gets away with it. Okay. That's my thinking. I'm interested. Uh, yeah, villains who personally feel let down by Santa and yep. therefore hate Christmas. But that, you, if you're writing this film, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, any more for any more? No. Uh, okay. On Thursday, I'll be having a violent night, bullet holy night. Nice. <laughs> uh, which means today it's Vicky Crompton and Mel Gibson. <laughs> a sentence I'll never get bored of saying. I just want to flag really early that when we were divvying the, um, these up, you were like, um, you do Fat Man. I was like, do you know what? <laughs> Optics wise, I think I probably should. Oh, I do too. I yeah. do too. It was a, it was a 
Clever move. All right, here we go. You ready? B, take us on. Take us on journey. Chris Kringle is over Christmas when he's not busy clam jamming. No, I checked. It's gross, but that's a real thing. It's like Lady Cock blocking. When he's not busy clam jamming. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd like that. Uh, The local barmaid. He's grumbling about naughty children or being all baffled by neoliberal market policies that mean his own sweatshop just can't compete. (laughs) Although it turns out economics might not be his strong point because at the start of the film, he's undercutting himself by handing out a ton of coal. But it's okay because the US military want him to make the most boring part of a weapon. And at the same time, can you believe it? A super pissed off child sends a hitman. Cue Santa tooling up to face the inevitable result of punishing children using the very weaponry that is also the result of him overly punishing children. No, that's not what happens. Cue a cunning game of cat and mouse as the elderly Santa outwits the assassin. No, they just meet in a field before Mrs. Kringle, who is the AI replacement of Marianne Jean-Baptiste, basically she's her, but she bafflingly cannot or will not act. Or maybe it's the old will not because as Santa being grizzled, growling and impossible to kill, well guess my sorry word. I shouldn't say it. I'll do it again. Well, sugar my tits, he's also Mel Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) Subtly and gently reintroducing himself back to work by playing one of the world's most recognisable and loved figures and hoping that this film is good enough that you don't have time to think about the other much less subtle and gentle things that this man ever got up to. What's going on with Mrs. Kringle? How do you mean? Like, do you mean that she's not very good in this? She's, but she is good, yeah. right? Okay, I mean, I'm pleased you said that. I watched um, a really good film uh, called uh, Oh, oh Rumble. Oh. God, I'm going to totally screw this up. I won't know. It's, it's, a, it's a new Aaron Eckhart movie. Uh, Rumble Through the Dark. Um, okay. He plays a bare-knuckle boxer. He's really good in it. Yeah. Anyway, she plays um, this fight organiser, and I watched her in it. And I hadn't seen her, I don't think, since Fat Man. I was watching her in this going, how good she is. Mm-hmm. Like, she's terrifying in it. Yeah. And in this, I remember going... Is she just gone? It's Mel Gibson. I, I took this for the money. Yeah. I, he was cast after me, and now I'm just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just not going to try. I'm just going to. I'm just going to scupper this. It's just. It's. It's really artful. It's the train spotting thing of like trying, but trying in a weird way that means you don't get the thing. Mm. Like it's puzzling. Unless it is, I'm here, but I'm not really here. Yeah, it is. It's. It's really weird. Really weird. So this is my first watch of this film. I imagined it would be. But the thing is, I have no, you know, I was curious. It's like, okay, let's just see. Because I love um, a pitchable concept that is just, you're just like, oh, okay, fine. Like, as in, it does sound really enticing. So I, I was curious to see it. I was looking forward to it. Definitely. What about you? I watched it on the year it came out on VOD, Video On Demand. Uh, <laughs> no worries. Um do we? I don't know if we. The reason I say it, I don't. I never call it VOD. Is it called VOD here? Is that an American thing? We say SVODs in contract law. <laughs> Just so you know. Anyway, video on demand. Because I was like, I've, you know, when you get to that point, I'd, I'd rewatch Scrooged, Die Hard, all mm. my sort of regulars, and I was like, I need something. Oh, let's do this. And yeah. I also watched the trailer, and the trailer is blinding. I bet it is. It's a great trailer, and you're like, bring this to me. Yeah. And then I watched it, and I was like, Film's mad, but I quite like it. You know, I've got yes. a lot of time for films that get made. That you go, and how? Yes, uh, this is this is just mad. This is a mad film. Yeah, I've got a theory. I couldn't back it up, and it is it's a bit arch, but I do have a theory around some stuff. Mm, okay, I enjoyed it though. I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. This was my second watch. Yeah. All right, I'll tell you a bit about it. This was written by the oh no wait the Nelm brothers. How mm. what? Why have I written Holmes? What? It's definitely Nelm. God, that's not a strong start. Mm. Why have... Don't know. Doesn't matter. Anyway. It's because Chris is away. Because I feel, yeah, nervous. The big empty chair staring at me. It's fine. No, it's it's absolutely not Holmes. (laughs) It's certainly not Nelm either. It's definitely Nelms. All right, the Nelms brothers. Right, they write it in 2006. Anyway, they have done, at that point, a lot of micro-budget stuff. So this script, I can see that this would make a big splash and it's a proper calling card script, as in it will get you in the room but no one's going to make it because you're there, the brothers, we want to, we've written it, we want to direct it. And someone's like, absolutely not. You've been making tiny, tiny, I mean, micro budget stuff. We're not going to give you millions of dollars to make this film where Father Christmas is a badass and all the rest of it. So what I read about them, and it is quite inspirational. I do genuinely think that, that they got, they came into some insurance money when they were younger 
in a, like a car accident and they brought a camera with it and that's quite cute like it's a bit sort of mythic mm. and it maybe it's bullshit but it's mm. just nice that rather than fixing your car you're like this is our shot brother we're gonna buy a camera and make a film so they make a t- and when i say micro budget their f- debut feature was one thousand five hundred dollars which is bananas right yeah so that does the festival circuit they do a follow-up which was uh five thousand dollars so they're going in the right direction but then they have this film that i haven't seen but the casting of it this is what started me thinking on my conspiracy theory such as it is so that's called small town crime uh that's 2017 um and it's got john hawks and octavia spencer in it right so that's a big john hawks is obviously octavia spencer is amazing but when you're thinking about a scary man, mm. right? They can cast John Hawkes, no problem. So yeah. this is what I started to think because I read all this stuff about this script is going around the houses for years and years and years. Over and a then, decade, wasn't it? Yeah, which means no one's going to do it, right? A decade. But I mean, when I read that, a decade of shopping the same script... But yeah. when you're in it, oh, yeah, it doesn't feel like by. it doesn't feel like a decade because every meeting you're like, but we've got this meeting coming up. Let's just do this because it's just me and you. You know, I'm always banging on about you can't have your option fee set against your purchase price, right? Your option fee is separate. And the reason that is is because when I used to work for the agency, we had a script that started shooting after 24 years of options, 24 years, right? <laughs> so if the option fee had been set against the purchase price, the writer would have got nothing because he'd had it by then because it was 24 years of two grand a year or whatever. So that's why that in my brain, I can't have it when someone's like, well, we'll set it against. No, you fucking won't set it against because we could be here in 50 years time and I want my money. <laughs> you're, you're Tony Todd in The Rock. Give me my fucking money. But do you see why I'm such a I nightmare? want my fucking money. Because that was a very formative job for me. And all I was, I was learning these like hard and fast things that a lot of people would let go. They're like, what? Well, just let it. It's 2,000 pounds. Just let it go. Sure. No. 24 years. What do you think? How do you, I wonder how you feel after 24 years of shopping the same script. So year one, you're very excited. Yes. Year two, you're still excited. Year three, oh, is it ever going to get bought? A thousand years have passed. 24 years later, when it finally gets made, you're, you're sort of like this. You have to think back to who you were when yeah. you first started shopping it round and the excitement and the, this is going to happen. Yeah. Do you think like you're like, I'm sort of too old to really appreciate this now? I suppose it should be like a curiosity, but oh, that pays for a holiday. I don't know. Like, it's like a hobby then. Did it get made? It did get made and it did nothing. No. It's such a sad story. It wasn't a bad film. It was just fine. Mm. It's just one of those films. The tax breaks all worked out. They were like, we're going to shoot it. It came out. Everyone went, that was all right. That was it. I so can't even remember what it was called. The final people who bought it. It was always option with the same people. Okay. So that for 24 years, they renewed the option. Right. And the it, my boss was like, you do not set that fee against the purchase mm. price. So what were they doing for 24? What happened? <laughs> In year 24, where they That's went, let's make this happen. I don't I, we've got all our pieces in place, finally. It's taken some time, but it was worth it, we'll all agree. And then all the reviews were like, this is absolutely fine. Right. I know. Okay. All right. One of them. Good lesson there. So, Good lesson. the point being, after 10 years of this thing knocking around, all of a sudden, Mel Gibson wants to do it. Now, I have a quote from the Nelms brothers that say, we were super excited because he was our number one choice for the role of Mel Gibson. And I don't, I'm sorry, I don't believe that. (laughs) I just don't believe it. Because if this is your leap from tiny, tiny films that are well cast and they're a hit on the festival circuit and it's quite an indie thing and things are going super well for you. Mm. And this is your jump Mm. to an actual budget. And Mel Gibson comes with a lot of baggage. So I don't believe for a second that you were like, he's number one, it's him or no one kind of thing. You've just had John Hawkes, who could have done it. Like, I just don't, I don't buy it. I understand why you've got to say it. And I think someone said to them, no one's going to make this. Mel Gibson wants it, so it's him or it doesn't happen. And they were like, well, then it happens then, obviously. Yeah, of course. And that is is a phrase that you hear very, very often. They were our first choice. We we couldn't think of anyone else. We actually wrote it with them in mind. (laughs) And I just don't believe it because... Mel Gibson is a very fine actor and there's a lot of shit associated with him. And if that shit tanks your thing, Hmm. then you're done. Yeah, I'm trying to work out where we were with Mel uh, when this came out. Uh, He'd come back at this point. Had he done Daddy's Home 2, which was him in a family comedy? I think he had. I don't know. So if that had come out, then it had sort of, that was was paving the way. I mean, he is, he's, you know. On his way, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Look, I mean, we talked about him on signs. Um, granted, that was before 
uh, shit hit the fan, but he is a brilliant actor. He is a brilliant actor. Uh, but some, you know, I read around this and this, I landed on this quote. This is just to sum up how I feel. Mm. There's no, uh, I can't remember whose article it is, but the, the, the gist of it is if this film is less than perfect, you get a minute to remember what you think about him and then it all comes flooding back and it's at the very best it's a distraction at the very worst it's offensive because you're thinking of all the things he didn't said <laughs> this is a really simple thing but do you know what i think the problem with this uh, mel gibson is because daddy tone 2 was before this 2017 and right. that was a big studio comedy mark Wahlberg's in it will ferrell's in it yeah. so it's like well these are big stars who've gone no we're cool with mel being in this yeah um but he looks like he's clean shaven in it. But if you didn't see Daddy's Home 2, and this is the first time you've seen Mel Gibson back yeah. with that beard yeah. and slightly bigger, you're like, God, this is where he, this is what he's looked like since I last saw him. Yeah, that mess. This is, he's just, he's <laughs> yeah. really let himself go. It's almost like they just sort of dragged him out of whatever cave he's been hiding in and chucked him on the set. Yeah. And it's because of his appearance that you're like, Ooh. Yeah, is Mel okay? Because the thing is, because he is, it's, it's okay to say he's a good actor. He is a good actor. He he's is. like he's he's exceptionally good. Mm. So the anti-Semitism and the misogyny is upsetting to us all because we want it not to have happened. Yeah, because you don't get actors that good that often. Mm -hmm. If he was crap and he was replaceable, you wouldn't give a shit. But you do care, and it does all come into your brain because you're like, oh, I just want you to be the thing that you were before all of that. Mm. That's that's the truth. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, a, a fair and candid and calm uh, assessment <laughs> yeah. uh, wrapping up of the mel gibson issue we've covered it let's crack We're on done. all right we can move on all right so let's talk about the film shall we mm. i'll make this noise <laughs> when it hits 30 minutes and we can go from there okay cool oh, i'm looking forward to that all right so here we are little billy is writing his christmas letter but you need to watch out because Billy calls his dad by his first name. Mm. Red flag. And I he's a murderer. I call my dad by my first name. Do you? Mm. Okay, I don't. It no, wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> my dad's been dead for years. I wouldn't have yeah. called him by his first name, but yeah. I was a child. It so. doesn't, I don't think it necessarily means that your dad's a bad dad. It just means... He's if distant. They, yes, if yeah. they weren't around a lot, then, yeah. you know, you end up going, oh, dad feels weird. <laughs> does he really? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, I never thought to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think dads who are called by their first name sometimes would quite like you to call them dad. I would agree, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. And so by withholding it, you're kind of reminding them. Yeah, you know, fuck you. You <laughs> weren't fucking around, man. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's fair. Also, Billy is a murderous shitbag, so everybody watch out. <sighs> He's good, though, the little kid. He's really good. Mm, I really like him. So then Mel Gibson. Yep, that's Mel Gibson. <laughs> He's Santa. He's called Chris Kringle. I find that difficult. I will invariably call him Santa. I might lean into Father Christmas, even though that's as long as Chris Kringle. Anyway, I'll do my best. It's Santa because it's American. So first thing I want to address is when he's driving into town, Yeah, we listen to the radio and the DJ on the radio or a news broadcaster yeah. says, is Santa even making a difference anymore? Mm -hmm. What do you have against Santa? So, question. In this universe, Santa not only exists but is accepted, known to people. People know that yeah. Santa is an actual thing and that presents come from Santa every year. He is universally regarded. Santa Claus is real. We don't know where he lives, but he's a real yeah. person. I'm going to be generous here, and this leans into my own conspiracy theory, so that allows me some measure of generosity. The script maybe could have benefited from some development in the 10 years that it was knocking around. I think it got picked up when they had it as like, this is a calling card script, this is cool, and someone went, we are making it word for word. We have no money, but Mel Gibson wants to do it. And that's where the money's going. Because the world the, the world building, if you will, or the consistency in the lore, Great. patchy as fuck. Yep. And that's a development. It's, it's not bad writing. It's just that's what comes out in the wash when you develop a script. Okay. Someone goes, why is that on the radio? Why have grown-ups got things that say made by Santa, but then the skinny man later is like, can I get... Can I speak to Chris Kringle? And someone hangs up on him, and you think, are you hanging up on him? Because the joke is, you're a grown up, don't be ridiculous. Mm. But what, or otherwise, what is the joke? Or has every operator at the telephone exchange been told, if anyone asks for Chris Kringle, you yeah. hang up because we don't let anyone know? Because it's Chris. a secret, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, you could give it the benefit of the doubt and say so, that's yeah, it. That's true but the, for the gag to work in that scene, it's because they think Walton Goggins is taking the piss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's, once I've got my head round, it is going to be a bit sketchy like that. 
I enjoyed it more because once I can relax and be like, oh, do you know what? This is just a development thing. And I think that's the best way to view this film. I think, you know, you got to buy into the insanity. You got to go, sorry, we're making parts for fighter jets now. And there's a kid who's got an electric car battery in a basement and he's threatening a young girl for a yeah. rosette. All of that, you just sort of go, I'm in it. I'm, I'm on this journey. That's what we were talking about the other day. The tone of it, I get it. But, you know, as a development thing, wouldn't you say, well, you've got an assassin on the way and you, Santa, have been tasked with making weapons. So Mm. what do we do? We use the weapons that you're making to kill the assassin that just joined the dots. Mm. When they go, when Father Christmas goes, we're making bits of jets. You're just like, why? (laughs) What's the point of making a bit of a jet Mm. when we know that the story goes, here comes the hitman? No? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm trying to uh, stay away from my chains because I've got a very good change, oh, okay, I think, fine. this I can week. See, but, I can sense but the, that's the tension. Why, that's why I'm being a little quiet. Okay, so with this trinity of weirdness, we've got this shadowy figure, the skinny man. He's buying a baseball bat that, as we said, was stamped by being made in Santa's workshop. Then he murders some people, and then it's like... There is so much set up here. Just have the kid get the coal and hire the assassin. Like, that's it. It's There's plenty set up. I think there's maybe too much. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about this, because we touched on it at the start. Walton Goggins, the skinny man, uh, who, I mean, Walton Goggins is a god. Yeah. He is brilliant. Yes. Murdering people in their sleep. Yeah. For, for what reason? Brutal. A really brutal scene. And... I wonder, I just don't know if the Nelms brothers go, this is so dark, it's funny. Mm-hmm. This is black comedy. This yeah. is really, really subversive humour to have a Santa Claus movie with an assassin who does that. It just, it jars too much. Yeah. Even for me, who I, this is just my bread and butter. I love stuff like this. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm struggling with with Walton Goggins, it's it's almost too much. And we get to the mailmen later, two of them. Brutal. And you're just like, because they're both nice. They both yeah. seem really sort of nice guys. Yeah. And you're like, wow. We already know, because the performance does a lot of the work for you. So maybe on the page, that wasn't, it, maybe it just needed something else. But he's bringing so much to it. You don't need him to kill those two people. You know he's a bad one. Mm. So you don't need to see it. Yeah. And again, I mean, I've just said how good Walton Goggins is in this, but... I think someone who played it for laughs, which sounds insane, murdering two people in their bed. But I think someone who, someone who is maybe maybe as simple as someone who is widely regarded as a comic actor. You know, imagine. Yeah, okay. Let, let's just throw it out there because we just talked about. Him. Imagine Will Ferrell doing that, yeah. and you're immediately like, it just softens it. Yeah. And perhaps that's how it read on the page. Yeah, because Walton Goggins is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, as you mentioned, Billy's never lost a science fair. and He's not about to start losing science fairs. I like this stuff when he's, I mean, he's torturing Christine. I was surprised. Christine, she's called Christine, the kid. Mm. She's in the basement. He comes down and I thought, he's a child. In this weird movie logic world, he's going to make Walton Goggins do it. But he's like, no, 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 I'll do it. And it's like, that's pretty funny. (laughs) He's not outsourcing it. He he likes it. He's not making the grown up do it, which I quite enjoy. And again, I can see that on the page being like, this is great. Yeah. You turn a page and you read that in a script. It's like kid sparks off. (laughs) Like uh, electrodes from car battery, and you're like, "All right, yeah. I'm, I'm interested." Yeah, I think that the, the, totally works there because he's a kid, and it is funny. Yeah, uh, let's talk government funding, uh, but let's be professional about it. So Santa's not going to get paid much this year because he's been handing out coal rather than toys. That's the kind of plot. Yes, who cares? It's fine. So the military, they make him an offer he does not want. So he tries to hoover up some other manufacturing contracts. Don't need that scene. But I did like him saying, hey, Elon, what have you got for me? Yeah. That's quite funny. Yeah. Um, now, he's so it's like he can't compete. He says to his, oh, it's the, you know, my words, it's the race to the bottom thing. You can't compete. And he gets hurt at this point on the side. What is that there for? To show that he can always heal. Why does he need to get hurt? I think it's to show just how little respect kids oh, have for Santa Claus now because he's like two kids with a deer rifle, Is that what, oh, put okay. two bullets in the sleigh, okay. put a hole in my bag. Yeah. I think it, it, it's to say that this is... We'll come back to it at the end because I think this explains the weird end. So 
Do you want to do the end now? No, let's not do the end now. Chris would go mad. But yeah, I, I think it's like this is just how little respect, love, appreciation okay. they have for Santa and also just how feral yeah. children have become. Yes. Because our little kid, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Billy. Billy. Billy is a is an example. I think he is an example of most kids in this in this Santa in this Claus world. world. Okay, that's fine. So Billy gets his cold because he's been a nightmare and he sets the skinny man to the task. Right, so meanwhile, Chris Kringle, he has got in bed with the government, super grumpy about it. The world has forgotten that he can't pay his bills and thinks he's this jolly fat man. And he really is more of like this horny old medium-sized man who just doesn't understand contract law. <laughs> it just really bothered me that this whole thing hinges on. He's not read his own paperwork. Doofus. Just read it. Anyway, skinny man brutally murders the Polsties. I didn't. I just didn't like it. I know it's going to happen because he's already killed two people, so there's no way that they're going to live. But I just didn't love it. And yeah, I did love him eating the duck in the Chinese restaurant inexplicably. Yes. I like that scene. Yeah, I did. I, there's loads of stuff like that though but again development you'd be like why does he do that what about the hamster da, da, da. like rule of three at least again and that's the other thing I didn't like the hamster thing because it softens him like he's again because of I think maybe I'd sort of I'd gone Walton Goggins is brilliant in this but I'm starting to think that if he wasn't quite so creepy <laughs> <laughs> then, like, the hamster would be like, oh, that's nice. And it makes him funnier that he's got this love for the hamster. Yeah. But it sort of, it just softens an unsoftenable man to the point that you start to want to care about him. Oh, ca <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Why have we not been doing that for four years? No idea. That was really helpful. It was really useful. Four and a half, but yeah, still. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because with the hamster bit, you think, well, he's going to shoot that lady for banging on about snakes. Mm. But he doesn't, I mm. think. Maybe maybe I didn't see I it. I mean, she's absolutely right. He does look like a reptile owner. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So this is what this is one of my biggest moans. Not because it's not it's fine as it is, but just in terms of like making a script work harder. This contract is making bits of a plane, and and but just for two months as well. So he's been like, we can never sign with the military. It's just two months making plane bits. It's not a problem. It's fine. <laughs> like I thought, the deal was obviously going to be, which they do do in a bit. We take over the whole place, and you're making what is recognisably an evil weapon. I know a fighter jet isn't in is a weapon, mm. but an evil weapon, a really big bad gun that's like you know a flame thing it's a village destroyer it's whatever 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 mm. and then you use it on the assassin no i mean that's easy 
crazy. It makes sense to me. It makes loads of sense. But it, then it does, I guess, in that scenario, it gives Santa a really unfair advantage against Walton Goggins at the end. And you do want the villain to kind of have the upper hand. Yes. At the end, you want to believe that, oh, how is Santa going to deal with this? Because yeah. the villain is like... But then couldn't you have Father Christmas is like... the It's not the military, it's like... Uh, my, I need your factory. I'm whoever. I'm a toy manufacturer, and I make shitty toys that always break. They break after a week, but the kids love them. And I want your factory to make my shit toys. And the conflict is, I make good toys that last forever and people love. But now I've got to churn out this shit. This I love. We've got something here. And, and let's uh, parachute in BJ John Lithgow <laughs> exactly. from Santa Claus the movie. There we go. Let's co- let's, let's cross pollinate these, these two movies. Yeah. It's, it's a shared universe. Yeah. <laughs> And then, then you've got then the skinny man can still have an advantage. Yeah, that works. For me. I think so. That's great. I did like when they cut the bells off BZ. the elf shoes. Bz, not bg, bj, B- <laughs> bz, bz, bz. Sorry, I'd forgotten. And I like elf number seven. I think that that's really funny. Like with the you know, it's like it's a really good way to order a system of people like just having numbers. But they quite like it as well. I thought that was fun. Yeah, and the food scene. Oh my god, the food scene's brilliant. Just because it looks so appealing and then it looks weird because it's too sweet and just this idea that they live off uh, carbs and sugar, I found that very funny. Mm. Uh, yeah, the hamster thing is fun. Uh, it's more, you're just watching the man do it rather than thinking this will move the story along, but what's well, fine. And then I was getting a bit annoyed because I was like, what is this? This is just stitched together scenes. But then Chris Kringle gets these like feedback sheets is it like feedback something from grown-ups whose toys at christmas made a real big difference on their life and they became the thing yes and i was like crying because i'm a sentimental idiot i just love stuff like that yeah the (laughs) fire truck she becomes a fire person and the chef at the kitchen i was like oh because like christmas is just rampant consumerism which i am not that into but for children, you shouldn't just give children or run yourself ragged buying loads of stuff. But when you're a child and you get something really cool and special, it does make a big, I don't know. So have you thought about what your own children want? You, you fucker, I need to have a word with you. What, because of the other Christmas, when you... All right, here we go. You remember you bought them Nerf guns? Yeah. So now they're obsessed with, guns. with, with Nerf guns specifically. So Marshall wants a machine gun Nerf gun oh my God. that fires like a belt of bullets. And I was like, okay... No. Consider it done. You don't have to ask twice. <laughs> I'm your man. But I was like, you're just going to fire it at your brother's eyes. I told you they have Nerf Wars now when I'm not allowed to be there because I will put a stop to it. But you can get Nerf gun shield glasses things, uh-huh. like profes- professional, sorry, branded ones. Yeah. So that, but we won't pay for them because that's what we're like. So it's, sorry, this is one of those annoying mum stories. So when I came home once, they were running around the bedroom with Mark, who was also doing it, all wearing swimming goggles and firing those Nerf guns that you got at each other. And it was really sweet. Oh. But really violent. Like, they really want to get each other in the eyes. So paintball this year? Oh, my God, they're never doing paintball. All right. I just it hurts, doesn't it? Uh, I've never done so. it. I like, believe so. I've seen bruises. Yeah. Um, so what are they getting for Christmas? They're not going to listen. No, because they still believe in Father Christmas. So they want Leo wants a. He's got obsessed. He wants a. No, he wants. A, he's quite sweet. He wants a globe and he wants a pocket watch. That's not going to happen. Ooh. Yeah. You can get an. I don't want to say, but you can get a cheap pocket watch. Yeah, you can. Like a replica pocket well, he watch. He wants like a because with a chain on it. Yeah, he wants to yeah. be like a gentleman. The distinguished-looking gentleman in the diaper. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Chetty's become obsessed with Pirates of the Caribbean. He just wants to be Captain Jack Sparrow. Sam, I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, I showed him that picture of you dressed up on Halloween when you were a pirate, yeah. sexy pirate. Sexy pirate. It has blown his mind. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. I was, he was flicking through my phone, which I hate, and he's like, who's that? I said, don't you know that? Is that Alex? It's not. But he looks like a woman. I was like, I know he does. Oh, I was like, this. Welcome. Because his brain expanding there. Look at his legs. I was like, look how tiny his legs are. It's mental. <laughs> and then he's like, did you not feel he said, did you not feel uncomfortable? I said, with what bit? With dressing up like that? Or he's like, no, the wig. I was like, you'd have to ask him. But he's obsessed with it. I'll tell him. I'll tell him when I bring around the Nerf machine gun. <laughs> 
the Nerf bazooka. I'm just going to find out what the biggest Nerf weapon you can get is. You can't is. bring it to my house because the children will kill each other. You're brilliant. So, yeah, um, I did my best Christmas present. Like I did get, I think, like a little... I really wanted that pretend kitchen. It was. It's really famous for like our generation. Is this your favourite Christmas present it ever? Was, yeah. It's the one where I remember the, the, being the, the, so like, oh, my God, I love it. Like, I just loved it. The little sort of trolley thing that yeah. was a, a pretend stove yeah. and you could chop... and it had a light on and you pretend to yeah. bake bread. I remember seeing adverts for it. Obviously, I never had one myself because, yeah. I don't know, it was a girl's toy. <laughs> it was a girl's it was toy. A girl's toy. Yeah. There was just a little girl on it being like, I can make dinner for everyone, which is so ridiculous. And I barely cook now, but I did really like that present. That was yeah. my favourite. Uh, mine were the original Star Wars toys. Kind of boring, but very true. I got the original At-At. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, I Did you sell... It. Oh, you've still got... Oh, God, still, that's probably worth a fortune. Still, no, there's a lot of them going around, and if they're not boxed, uh, which obviously it's not, but I've still got the two front guns that go... <laughs> everyone lost them. Every kid lost them because they came off, but I've still got mine. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, right, so excellent scene here. Billy wants Santa's head... This whole scene's great. Walton Goggins is most best here. Oh. When he's just talking about the logistics of getting a head across the borders, I love that. I'm not going to shave off a dead man's beard. <laughs> great line. <laughs> I just think, when you learn something in a script, I always love that, even if it's silly. And when he was talking about how you move ahead, I was like, I'd never thought of it. <laughs> but he's right. The freezing costs alone make it not worth it. Love all of that. Uh, so anyway, uh, Santa Claus, he's getting his mojo back because he got paid. He bones Mrs. Claus, which I just couldn't cope with. And it's worth looking at. Why not? I can't. I just can't deal with it. Yeah. I am, I'm probably I'm more prudish than I make out, but I it's, just didn't like it. It's because it's Santa Claus. And even though we might not think he exists, well, he does, uh, <laughs> it's, you don't ever think of uh, him being intimate no. It's Santa Claus. Yeah. It's not, you know. Like, don't think of him having needs and wants in that direction. You know, when, when he's coming down the chimney, you don't want to think about him having just zipped up his fly five minutes <sighs> earlier because he was, you know. Yeah. With Mrs. Claus. And also because there's absolutely zero <laughs> chemistry between the two of them, which I assume is on purpose. <laughs> the thought of that is like, what is that scene? Like, what's just... She must have... She looks to me like she feels very uncomfortable to be near him as a person. <laughs> and so then they've got a kiss and I just think what's going through her head. Blech. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... I think it's the Nelms brothers going, We've no, you know what we've never seen? Santa Claus fucking. <laughs> So this is our subversive Santa movie. Yeah, so we might as well. Uh, now, here we are. So here is Skinny Man. Now, he doesn't kill the elves, which I thought I was like, oh, you've pulled back from that because he goes into the factory. Anyone in military uniform is slaughtered, but the elves are in the way. Mm. But miraculously, none of the elves get it. So did the filmmakers suddenly go, well, that's too much. You uh, can't kill an elf. 100%. But they killed all these innocent people before. Which makes you think that's the only reason they made it a military contract because then they've got lots of armed soldiers for oh, Walton Goggins yeah. to slaughter at the end, which feels less like mass Egregious. murder. Oh my God, yeah. So that so it does all make sense. I just haven't seen that. I guess. I'm still not happy about it. So, like I said, cue a cat and mouse thing between Skinny Man and Chris Kringle. Nope, not at all. We're just in a field. <laughs> I was disappointed. I was like, we just a bit of a chase would be good. But he's just like, hey, over here. <laughs> Fine. Um... Uh, I guess I was a bit pleased we were just going to get on with it. And I did enjoy the line, uh, Jonathan Miller, you twisted child. I thought that was excellent. So I have a little question about this. So he shows someone his arm earlier, a kid, when he takes the fire engine or plane, the plane, the toy plane off the kid because it's got Santa's mark on it yes. in the car park. Yeah. And he shows the kid his arm and the quote oh, yeah. I used yeah, at the start yeah. I never yeah. you never forget the smell of burning flesh and menthol yeah and then later during this fight Santa says I couldn't replace your parents now I thought he was a child who suffered abuse at the hands of maybe his father that's yeah. what the burns were yeah so why was Santa apologising him for not being able to replace his parents I don't know was it maybe I mean this is again World building, you know, you've, you've got a lot of setup, but there are still questions at the end. Was he, did he get sent to a, a, a foster home or, you know? Oh, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a. It, oh, that's maddening, isn't it? They're w literally the polar opposites. It's like, <laughs> oh, he had an abusive relationship with his father. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. He, he didn't have them. All he wanted from Santa was his parents back. Yeah. So. 
there's just a big a big black hole where something needs to be. That is annoying. That's really annoying. Massive fight in the field. Father Christmas is a badass. Yes, fine. He gets stabbed or he gets shot in the head. Mm-hmm. So then it's Mrs. Claus that saves the day. Um, it's brutal. It is brutal. I can't believe that the skinny man is dead. And I can't believe it's Mrs. Claus that did it. But I was glad that she stopped baking and knitting for a minute to do something. I don't know. It just felt so... You're, you think he should have survived? I think he should have survived and changed his ways, I guess. But With that that many no, murders? No, no. I, 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 this is good. This, this leads into the bits. This okay. leads into the bits. So she finds Billy's name, which leads us back to Billy. And then Billy's about to kill his grandma. That's really hard because you're you're a bit like Billy's a mess because Billy's not had enough love, but his grandma loves him, and now he's going to kill her. Do you think? I think she's quite she's quite a scary. I think it's all an act. <laughs> I found her like there was something going on there. The bit where she's on the phone, where she's like, "I want to find out. I want to trace this money," and like there's a real. Yeah. She reminds me a little bit of Beverly D'Angelo's character <laughs> yeah, in Violent Night. Yeah, they both got it. It was evil sounding grandmas. So. Here comes the scene. I was happy to have my expectations subverted because Father Christmas is in front of this messed up child and you're like, 100% he's going to be nice to him. But he's not. He scares him because he's like, you little fucker. <laughs> like, I've got my eye on you. And you're like, the scene is, this is a child in search of discipline, in search of love, in search of a father. He needs guidance. And here is the ultimate fatherish, well, granddaddish figure. Mm. And he's like, if you ever do that again, I will know and I will find you. So he scares Billy into being good rather than loves him. Yeah. And what he seems to be saying in this last scene, so the the payoff to this entire movie is Santa Claus saying, I am now going to be more proactive in fixing the kids of this world who are just running riot and ungrateful by scaring the shit out of them. I'm basically going to be doing what I'm doing to you, yeah. to any kid who steps out of line. I'm no longer just giving coal the guy, you've been bad, you get some coal. I'm going to be proactive yeah. in disciplining you. Which A, takes a lot of time, sequel. B, <laughs> yeah. is yes, sorry, my A is my B. Who's got the time? What, he's going to make the toys and do the discipline? Surely his orders are going to double. Are you not more concerned with that's the lasting message from the movie that he says at the start, the kids are out of control. Yeah. And and the end is, I am now going to terrify a nation's children, if not a globe's children, (laughs) into being well behaved. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I found it so confusing because he puts his arm around Mrs. Claus. He's like, everything's going to be fine now. And I was like, why is it fine now? (laughs) I don't understand. But then I thought, oh, it's because he's going to sort the kids out. And then my brain stopped thinking about that. But when you do lean into that. Yeah, maybe he just hasn't thought about the the timing issue because he ta- he spends a little bit of time with Billy slowly revealing the eye. Do you think with the other kids it's just a look at the eye? There you go. I've got to go. But, look how, but I can how see how fucked up my eye is. Right, <laughs> behave. Yeah, basically, and then that's it. Everything's fine. The end. There we go. <laughs> yep. We finished the film. Well, good. It's good. All right, we'll do the bits. So, what was your best scene? Uh, you, I think you actually. Uh, semi lent into this uh, it's Walton Goggins staking out the post office waiting for Santa uh, just watching that man fielding phone calls from the little shit <laughs> uh, explaining how I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard and having to pee in a bottle yes brilliant I could watch Walton Goggins doing that the whole time and also in that scene it's funny and he's not murdering innocents yes I liked that very much, but I think Elf Cafeteria is the best one. Uh, it just that, that totally all then comes together, I think. Okay. Uh, who's your most valuable whatever? Well, I've sort of talked myself out of it over the course of this episode, but I'm going to go with what I had originally, which is Walton Goggins. Okay. Um, I find him a fascinating character. Yeah. Uh, and he's a wonderful actor. And I do kind of think he saves this movie. But as we've talked about it, I'm now wondering if a full-blown... Funny comedian, just funny bones. Will Ferrell for me, not yeah. for everyone. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but someone like that who just really leans in to how ridiculous this character is might save this movie from the inherent darkness that Goggins brings. I agree with you word for word. Walton Goggins, but it's a problem, but it also saves the film. Well, it does, doesn't okay, it? Good, good. Uh, what would you change? Right, let's do this. Uh, So, first of all, lose the whole military subplot, uh, which appears to only be there to give Walton Goggins a shit ton of people to kill who are armed and not elves in the climax. I think you could lose it entirely. But I still think you can't have elves killed. So, 
I think you remove the murders too. Okay. Uh, I don't think Walton Goggins should be killing innocents. I think he should threaten them. I might even go so far as to give this, and I can't believe I'm saying this, a PG-13 rating and give it a gun battle between Goggins and the elves at the end. I want to see elves with machine guns and Santa with a machine gun all tooled up. Walton Goggins has assembled an army of little hitmen, not little hitmen, hitmen, and he's going up and we get a full-blown battle at Santa's workshop. I think it was promised at the start of Scrooge. I think that's the movie that they're showing. At the start of Scrooge. And I'm like, you have an opportunity to do that in your movie as your climax. Elves and Santa versus hit people. Yeah. But not necessarily with the machine guns, with the the, the tools at your disposal. The tools at your disposal. Toys, whatever. Fantastic. Yeah. That's even better. Cap guns. Yeah. Something. Uh, So really, that's that's what I think. I just think... uh, Innocent people being, and this is a pun intended, slayed in a Christmas movie. It's 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 too much. But I did watch this before Violent Night, which then presents a few questions about my judgment on Violent Night. But I think I've got that <laughs> sorted for Thursday. What's yours? Mine is uh, daft, but this is what I want. So we've t- I've talked a lot about, oh, if you did this with the script and then you did this and you link this and whatever. So this is another linking thing that I would find satisfying. So the skinny man's toy that he's upset about is a car, yeah? And then Father Christmas is like, oh, I can't replace your parents, or oh, whatever. So the skinny man's toy should be a little telescope. And that's what Santa sticks to his eye at the end so that the skinny man being there in front of him and it's like everything I did wrong is now here to kill me. But this toy, this is where I went wrong with you. So I'm going to use this toy, stick it to my eye, something so that that's the lesson i'll be harsh and proactive from now on because i've taken the token from the man that ultimately taught me that lesson because of you billy so i know it's only a telescope it doesn't work but do you see what i mean about linking the threads so do just i'm just a question i know chris isn't here so i can question you change otherwise you know this is completely out of bounds chris won't let us question changes yes it's just that's the change don't question it yeah do, do I work as a script doctor? I should. I should, but I'm busy. Do you not think it might lessen the impact of how terrifying Santa is if he's got a telescope sticking out of his dead I think, eye? I, think I, mean, I don't think I mean a telescope. Right. I think I a mean... A monocle. I mean a magnifying glass. That's what I mean. I, again, I still think <laughs> gluing a magnifying glass over your dead eye is is not as menacing. I think any child is going to go... Think about what, what, you've, think you've, about what you've just said. A shot-out eye, all magnified. That's fucking yeah, terrifying. All right, all right, I I'll be you. watching you mm. using the token from the man that taught me this valuable lesson. I thought, and I couldn't remember it from the first time I watched it, I thought he was going to reveal his eye. And you know the bit at the end when of Scrooge, which is getting more mentions than Fat Man in this episode, <laughs> uh, the bit in Scrooge where he sees the ghost of Christmas future yep. in the lift yep. and he thinks it's a guy in costume and yep. he pulls back yeah, the yeah. cloak and there's loads of screaming, tormented uh-huh. souls. Yeah. I thought he was going to see tormented souls in the eye. Like what, what Billy was? Yeah. At oh, the end, wow, I thought yeah. he was going to go look into my eye and it'd be like... Like, just terrified faces of bad children. That would have been awesome. Anyway, that's my change, and that's the film done. Right, Fat Man, done. Fantastic. Uh, right then, next week, uh, we continue our Merry Clashmas Christmas countdown. It's number three as we get ready to count down to the second greatest day of the year after Halloween. Have you got a clue? I've got a clue. I've got a clue. Oh, well, what's your clue? Do you want me to say it, or do you want to swap? Well, yeah, no, just, uh, mine's rubbish. That's rubbish? I, <laughs> Well, fuck you. Just do yours. Then. I don't give Christmas is wasted on you. <laughs> oh! How good is that? Thank you. That was great. Thank you. That was really great. <laughs> Christmas is wasted on you is the clue for next week's pairing. If you want to have a guess, we are on Twitter at ClashPod. And that is it for this episode. We'll be back on Thursday talking violent night and seeing which film will be victorious. Fat Man or Violent <laughs> Night. Until then, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Till Thursday, have a great week. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.